I'm here in Akron, Ohio with Shanika Cochran. Shanika, welcome to the show. Thanks, Derek. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I'm excited. I know we got a chance to talk before, and I think the principles you share are really going to help people in their journey. I think not just fitness, but even their emotional well-being and the principles that you have to share. And I'm just excited about um, the content that people will be benefited from just from listening in. Awesome. I'm excited to share it too. All right. So for people that don't know you, I want to go over your bio just so people can um, get accustomed to who you are and a little bit of your background. So if I have anything off, you just be sure to jump in and correct me. Okay. I'm completely okay <laughs> with that. All right. So you, you, you attained your undergraduate degree from Old Dominion University in occupational studies with an emphasis on fashion and marketing. Yes. That's intriguing. We'll have to come back to that one. Then you got your uh, graduate degree from Virginia Tech in educational leadership and policy studies. Is that right? Correct. And then you were a director of residence life. Um, you're, of course, now you're a women's ministry leader here in Akron, Ohio, Akron for the, uh, the Akron Canton Church. And then you're a fitness instructor and you're certified with Zumba, group exercise and Tabata. Correct. And then you're also an EFT practitioner and a coach. And EFT stands for again? Emotionally focused transformation. Okay, we're gonna come back to that as well. All right. So we wanna make sure we understand you, but then of course we wanna discuss principles that can really help people in their personal journey. So when it comes to your bio, you, you know, you have, it says you have the, your degree in occupational studies with an emphasis on fashion and marketing. Tell me a little bit of the, about the fashion and marketing, what that means or sure. uh, what um, went into that. And, how, how does, and also let me know how it influences you today. Awesome, yeah, I think um, when I was at ODU, I was, I started out as a communication major and then oh. my roommate, she was from Japan and she was a fashion major. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that sounds like fun and creative. And mm -hmm. um, so it was pretty much just the buying aspect of fashion mm -hmm. and just the trends. And I really loved it because it gave me an opportunity to be creative. Mm -hmm. And so I had great professors and I just knew that if I went to school for something that I mm -hmm. liked, yes. I could do well mm -hmm, <laughs> and mm -hmm. get the grades I needed to do something else if I wanted to. But um, and how it influences me now is just kind of with Zumba, there's a lot of opportunity mm -hmm. to be creative, whether it's like creating a choreography or just, you know, even mixing some of the music that I have. Mm -hmm. and, um, so I still have that creative, you know, outlet. In yes. My life. So are you somebody that keeps up with the current fashion trends as well? You know, I used to. <clears throat> I appreciate those like um, fashion gurus and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I still have. I still love the beauty of fashion mm -hmm. because I think self-expression in that way yes. is really cool and I admire that. But, you know, as a mom, you know, and <laughs> I, I sometimes don't always think about look through the fashion mm. pages, but it definitely there's times that it does catch my eye. Yes. Yeah. You know, what's funny is um, uh, my wife and I were at the mall the other day. We were walking and we saw quite um, not, a, not, a, not a lot, but we've been seeing a lot of these um guys with the fanny packs you seen oh, this on the chest oh my god this is like a basketball player type yes, guys yes, and i was like coming back we're like and I, I didn't even know what's called a fanny pack you know we're looking at them and trying not to stare be right, like right. awkward but you're like hey what is that on their chest it looks like a bag and then um yeah. sure enough uh, uh, one of my uh, one of my friends eric nuncio was on the podcast he was at the house and he showed up with one and oh, then I, that's and funny. it caught me off guard and i was, I was like no, no, I'm not going to mention it. And then, so <laughs> then when I talked to uh, Angelita that I said, hey, um, you know, Eric, Eric came, came on the uh, came on for the podcast and he had he had, he had one of those things. Yeah. But I, but 
I hesitated and I didn't ask him, but then he came for another podcast and I got a chance to ask, hey, oh, what, what is that thing called, you know, on your chest? And then he's like, oh, it's a fanny pack, yep. which for some reason I thought it would be a better name or for some, I don't know why. A I thought it would be. Uh, no, it's, you know, what's so funny. It's like, that was really popular in the eighties. So that's mm. that thing that my parents said about fashion is so true that it just comes full circle. It comes yes. back. So we used to wear them. We used to wear them around our waist right, though. Right, right, right. You know, with the big high jeans. So that's coming back too. Mm. High waist jeans. So. Mm. You're right. And, and so I was telling him, I was like, hey, well, well, you're keeping up with the trends. Yeah. I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like other people could pull off trends that I can't. Yeah. And I'm going, uh, <laughs> so I'm, hey, more, more power to somebody else. Right. Um, but good. So fashion and marketing. And then, so your graduate program was in educational leadership. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and what you were thinking as you were going through that program. And oh, yeah, I loved it. Actually, at Virginia Tech, it's the higher ed program. And that's kind of what we call it for sure. It's higher ed program, mm -hmm. higher ed student affairs. But um, I was an RA in undergrad. And, you know, honestly, I became an RA because I thought, wow, to give me an opportunity to meet more people. Mm -hmm. I was a transfer student at ODU. And um, also the free room and board, you know, you can't hey, go wrong with yes. that. I was like, yeah, but then I ended up really loving the culture of residence life. And I remember looking to my supervisor, like, what is, what, what do you do? Like, mm -hmm. why are you here exactly? Did you go to school for this? Cause mm -hmm. I didn't know it, you know, even existed till I got to college, yes. this whole higher ed education kind of um, career. But the program was super leadership based. Um, it was just helping students, um, like everything outside of academia, you come to college and it's not just about your class and what grades you get. It's like, how are you living outside of this? Mm -hmm. Like, what kind of leadership skills do you have? Do you understand multiculturalism? Do you understand even simple things like how to do your laundry? Mm -hmm. Like, you'd be surprised, like so many mm -hmm. life skills um, that, you know, go untapped, even just conflict resolution. Like yes. that was a big thing that we, you know, talked about with our students. We got trained in even crisis, you know, mm -hmm. like I remember the first time I was on duty as a professional, um, you know, working in residence life, the, the building was struck by lightning. Oh, whoa. Know? And I'm like talking to parents, like, mm -hmm. I don't think we're having move in. I think, I think we're going to have to hold off on that yes. because I'm watching the building burn down. <laughs> luckily, you know, <laughs> luckily, you know, no one's students mm -hmm. were in there, but it was just one of those, um, careers that really um, taught me a lot about yes. leadership and leading and managing people, mm -hmm. uh, especially young people. Right. So. What's, um, what, when I was listening to your journey and stepping into that RA role, and it's what, I, what I've seen with myself and other people around me is when you take on a new role, maybe you're unfamiliar with, you're uncomfortable with, but it opens your eyes to other things that are involved. And totally. you're you were stepping in and maybe like you said, you had the idea that, okay, this is going to help me pay for a room and board, yeah. give me that free opportunity. But as you stepped into that role, um, it opened your eyes to other opportunities and how can I maybe even further my education right. to this? So even as people listen in, I always think about um, what are they hearing? And I yeah. think there's something there of taking on new responsibility. You're not, you're not knowing what other doors it will open for you along totally. the way, or even it might pique your curiosity and you go, oh, Maybe I'll get some more certification or education exactly. to help me to stay in a field like this. Yeah, and I, I loved it. Like I can't speak highly enough about that side of un the university. Like it mm -hmm. kind of goes unnoticed, and um, sometimes, but student activities, career services, residence life, um, you know, all those different departments. I got a chance to kind of work mm -hmm. in and work mm -hmm. with those students and those professionals, and it was, you know, I learned so much. You learn so yes. much. Yes.
Well, good. Um, so you took that experience and that education and then um, you, you transitioned. So uh -huh. you didn't stay there. Yeah. So then what was that next step for you from there? Well, basically, I had while I was a resident director, I um, me and my husband were married. We were living on campus. So that's a whole nother experience. Mm -hmm. We were living on campus as a married couple um, and I had my first child. And okay. so my my son Corbin was like the first baby on campus. Whoa. <laughs> and so all You're the breaking students, all kinds of new ground over here. All the students was like, can I come see the baby? And as a new mom, you're like, nah, no, <laughs> no, I don't want you. <laughs> you know, students are very germy and there's all mm. kinds of sickness. But anyway, you know, but I realized like, okay, this may not be something I want to do long term mm. anymore because of my place in life. Sure. I don't know if I want to raise my baby on a college campus. Mm. And so that gave me opportunity to look to another, you know, a different career. Mm -hmm. And so when we were living in Texas, um, me and my husband got asked to be in the full time ministry. Mm -hmm. And it was at the perfect time because I was looking to find work like I was at stay at home mom for a little bit. Then I was mm -hmm. like, you know, that ain't for everybody. Like, I appreciate mm -hmm. everybody that does that, but mm -hmm. I love adult interactions. Yes. And so um, what was so funny about that transition was I'll never forget when I was a resident director, um, someone, one of my good friends, um, she was like, oh, you know, your job kind of reminds me of ministry. Mm. And I was like, huh. I didn't, I didn't know because I wasn't in the ministry yet. But mm -hmm. then when I went into the ministry in Texas, I was like, oh, yes. it is like I'm mentoring. I'm kind of coaching people mm -hmm. like spiritually, emotionally. I'm like trying to help people in yes. their journey, you That's know, right. and it reminded me so much of the work that I did in, in higher ed. So mm -hmm. it was a pretty smooth transition. I love Texas, you know, yes. so I felt like you know, God really put me in the right place mm -hmm. to pursue that. That's you know? spot on. And even when you mentioned I'm um, seeing, um, I think you were seeing the ministry components involved in real life. And you, th and you think about people in different roles in society. Some of them are like, this is ministry, this ministry happening right here. And totally. even, even like with podcasting, it was like something small, but different having different guests on and th they're giving me the feedback saying, that revived me. I'm yeah. just going, really? Like all I all we did was have a conversation. Right, right. But we're listening and I'm and I want to hear their journey. And I'm genuinely, you know, it's yeah. being quick to listen, slow to speak. Right. You know? And all of a sudden, there's this form of ministry. We don't call it that. Right. You know, even I think I used it the other the other day and, and I said, Yeah, it's a I called it like an indirect ministry. And then um, <laughs> and then my, uh, the guy I was talking to said, yeah. well, why do you say indirect? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess, yeah, you can just call it ministry yeah. if you want to. But, but there's components of that in our lives and seeing how um, it, it meets needs. And you were totally. meeting needs at, in, your, um, in your role as, a, in, as, a, as an RA? Yeah, well, RA, RA and then, and then a, a director. A and then a director. director. Yeah. But you, you're, you're taking care of people. You're meeting right, their taking needs. taking care of people. Which, yeah. is what, which is what ministry is. Yeah. So um, full-time ministry. And so you're still doing that, yep. but then you've added um, fitness instructor. So how did yeah. that come about? Oh yeah. Well, you know, one thing that I firmly believe in is like just the holistic wellness of a person. Like mm -hmm. I believe in like spiritual health, emotional health, physical, like you got to take care of your whole self. Mm -hmm. And so about six years, six or seven years ago with my parents, I found out they both uh, were diabetic. And I was oh, like, no. oh man, you mm -hmm. know, I don't need to start paying attention to my health because mm -hmm. I'm from the South. I'm from Virginia and, mm -hmm. and you know, we eat mashed potatoes, fried chicken, ham, like, you mm -hmm. know, like it was Thanksgiving food every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
So I didn't really think about yeah. like, oh, bacon, is that something you should eat every day, every mm -hmm. meal? But um, and so I realized this is something that I could possibly prevent with like nutrition and yes. working out. And so when we lived in Maryland, I ended up joining a gym. And at first I wasn't like super pumped to go because mm -hmm. I just didn't know what to do. I was happy that they'd watch the kids. That was mm -hmm. really the first motivator. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. like, they'll watch the kids and I can kind of just have some me time. Mm -hmm. And uh, but then when I moved here, I started taking group um, exercise classes oh. and the community of that really won me over mm -hmm. because I saw the accountability. I saw the um, the welcoming, you know, environment mm -hmm. and um, also it was just fun you know it's fun yes. to do that with other people mm -hmm. it's fun to <laughs> you know work out and like hold each other accountable with with you know that accountability mm -hmm. and with that partnership yes and um so then that led me into becoming an instructor because i was mm -hmm. like you know what it'd be cool to do this for other people because i know that i had some amazing instructors yes. in my life who really i look forward to working out. Mm -hmm. i look forward to just seeing them just coach me on through mm -hmm. a class and i was like i want to be able to do that for other people too wow. you know it, you know it's interesting you talk about your overall wellness yeah. and uh and you talk about like spirituality you go it's not just now your overall wellness isn't just like spiritual, like or is it just I hey, go read your Bible and pray and you'll be good to go, right? You know, yeah. But then you talk about um, emotional um, wellness, your physical wellness, which your 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 being a fitness instructor touches that, right? Touches a, a variety of those areas. But then even in your bio, you had this role as a coach, right? So um, tell us more about being um, an EFT practitioner and a coach. What yeah. is that, and and what, why did you pursue that? Um, well, you know, it's funny because, and I'm sure most people can attest to this, like we're real good at educating like a specific subject of academics, like mm -hmm. you gotta know math, you gotta be a good reader and writer, mm -hmm. but what do you do when you have feelings uh -oh. <laughs> you don't know mm -hmm. and you feel different things about life, you know, whether something that happened to you that was a uh, even a small trauma, like you lost a job mm -hmm. or you had a relationship that turned out to be a disappointment or yes. you just feel hurt. Um, what do you do with that? Mm -hmm. You know, and it led me on this journey of like, I need to figure this out because I'm holding stuff in or I'm experiencing things internally that I don't even know how to communicate. Like mm -hmm. I just feel, you know, um, upset about something or I feel like I'm holding on to something mm -hmm. in the past. And um, and so when I was at Virginia Tech, thankfully, um, you know, I had already graduated. But uh, the year before I wait, the year after I graduated from Virginia Tech, they had the shooting there. Oh, and so many of right. my students were affected by that. Yes. I was affected by that, mm -hmm. even though I wasn't there, you know, that hurt me, mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't know how to deal with that trauma. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to get that. I ended up winning this training to go um, get trained in Las Vegas to become a, a fast FT practitioner mm -hmm. and to deal with emotionally focused transformation. And it was um, incredible to realize that you can have an emotion about something, but it doesn't have to stay there. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know that I could change my emotional state yes. in regards to a trauma. Mm -hmm. Cause sometimes we just accept that like, okay, this was traumatic, this is too hard. And and it, you can still cry like 20 years later, mm -hmm. just about something that happened. Um, but you don't have to, mm -hmm. you can actually experience healing. Wow, yes. And um, 
I experienced that. And I was, and because I experienced, that, I was like, oh, I got to figure out how to do this for other people. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> because, right. You know, being, having several ministries at this point, whether it was in education or just trying to help people, mm-hmm. I know I wasn't alone. I know people yes. had things, Spot on. you know, like that they were going through real mm-hmm. things for them that they were stuck emotionally. Yes. And um, so that was a very freeing mm-hmm. like practice. Sure. And it still is. Like I've seen a lot of people grow and change. And it's mm-hmm. just a tool. Like it's not a like, oh man, this is gonna cure all of your right, right, diseases. Right. <laughs> and, no, it's just a tool mm-hmm. because I don't think many of us are are taught how to deal with our to manage our emotions. Yes. So that's pretty much what EAT. EFT mm-hmm. is it helps you really as a person to manage yes. your emotions, and it's it's powerful. It's spot on when I when I think about what I do as a communicator, right? Um, you know, if I'm putting together a speech, you know, it could be um, I, mean, I put together a speech two weeks ago for the Greater San Marcos Youth Council. These are, oh, are, these awesome. are children who have been you know removed because of neglect or abuse mm-hmm. in, in these really mm-hmm. um, trying situations. And it wasn't it was a non faith event, so I'm not using any scriptures or any um, you know Bible passages, anything right. like that. But it, any speech that I'm writing, um, it's it's not just it's not logic that actually moves people. Yeah. But it's the emotions. Yeah. And yeah. and and fundamentally, if if I have the ability to connect with someone emotionally, yeah. Then to your point of transformation, like transformation can happen, change can happen if people are touched emotionally. Oh yeah. Or and, and even when you're talking about for you, you um. If people are blocked, mm-hmm. if they're having this emotional block, that can prevent so change. much growth and, yeah. and change and transformation. Totally. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really like one of the things I learned with EFT and even just the science of how our brain works. It's mm-hmm. incredible. And so, um, I, you know, I love that. I love that I had the opportunity to get trained in that, become yes. a practitioner. And I love that um, being able to help people Mm -hmm. really help themselves really help change their own perspective Mm -hmm. about the past and about a a current situation where they can really find some healing and Mm -hmm. some um some clarity yes you know and when i think about life um it's not just like salespeople who are trying to motivate people. It's so parents are trying to motiv- motivate their children. That's true. Spouses are trying to motivate their spouses. You know, um, you know, a, 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 a homeowner trying to motivate their neighbors. You know, like yeah. You think of motivation. I think about it. It's it's in everywhere, all around us. Mm-hmm. Um, and even for people listening in, when it comes to um, motivating and helping people, if you can help people at the emotional level, right? Um, I mean, your emotions influence everything. It's so, true. and if you can help somebody at that in that spot, it really can um, it can be one of the most powerful services you could provide to someone. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so true. And I think because you know I work in ministry, I know that you know someone's emotional health health affects everything. Mm-hmm. It affects all their relationships. Yes. It affects their view of God. You mm-hmm. know, and so it's just like what you said. Like if you can really impart that gift somehow to someone, just to free, you know free them or help them emotionally or connect mm. with them emotionally. Mm. It just makes such a an impact, you know? Yes. So. And to your point about trauma, I mean, it's like those are those negative, powerful, exactly. emotional experiences. Yes. And you can have that moment. You know, I, I share regularly on the podcast because it's my life, you know, with my dad, you know, him committing suicide, right? This is the most traumatic event of, of my 17 years of life of when yeah. that happened. And I, and I was talking to a group of people, um, some volunteers in the community, um, some volunteer leaders a couple of weeks back. Mm-hmm. And I was sharing how 
yes, that was like the darkest, ugliest time of my life. Yeah. Now, however, what's taking that moment and I wanted it to to grow from it, mm -hmm. learn from it, make the most of it. And I can look back now and it's it's almost like a and it sounds sounds morbid. I'm gonna say, what I'm about to say is gonna sound morbid, but there is having overcome that in my life. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a trophy where yeah. I've overcome that. It was hard. It was difficult, painful, yeah. uh, heart wrenching, soul crushing, all of that. But to take that, and if I can overcome this, mm -hmm. and and I can do it well, and I can heal from it, right? Then. When I think about any other challenge in my life and I compare it to that challenge, yeah, it's like, oh, well, I've been through this. I've been through the most painful thing already. Right. Yeah. So if I could be, if I could overcome that part of my journey, I could overcome anything. So totally. even when we think about trauma, you know, we think it doesn't have to be permanent. Right. Right. Um, you don't have to keep doing that to yourself. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. people will continue to relive trauma as if it just happened yesterday. And and sometimes there there can be a sense of like guilt. Mm -hmm. that they should yes you know and but that's not true anywhere mm -hmm. you know not even scripturally we don't have to carry that you right know? like when you look at paul and the way he dealt with whew, some mm -hmm. things you mm -hmm. know what yes. i mean like but his perspective you think about is so refreshing because mm -hmm. he has hope still and i think that's great that you're able to look back and say wow i've gotten through this and i think that's that's the freedom that mm -hmm. we should want to have mm -hmm. you know it's it's good to like learn from challenging situations mm -hmm. and not let it stop us from yes. going but to allow us to connect with other people mm -hmm. on their journey right you know? and yeah like you, how you said it connecting because um even now it didn't mean that there's an absence of of anger like right i i, I could say i i've healed from it but there's still like, there's this anger that's associated. Even like with Father's Day comes around, I notice there's a little bit of a trigger of, of right. anger. Um, but knowing how to, to not let that anger control me. Exactly. But understand it, see it. Okay. It doesn't have to be my, it doesn't have to consume me. Right. It doesn't have to control me. But to be able to take that experience and go, okay. Um, I can, it, so I guess recovering from the trauma or healing from the trauma doesn't mean that it no longer has any emotional effect on me. Right, exactly. And I mm -hmm. think that's one of the things that, you know, I've learned about doing EFT is that your emotions want to be recognized. Mm -hmm. You can't like hide it. And I think even just, there were times before I learned this about this tool that I would kind of just um, push it down. Yeah, like, right. oh, I'm not supposed to feel that. Okay, I'm not supposed to think like that. Mm. But really, I do need to, to say, no, this is really, I'm really upset. Or like, mm -hmm. this really hurt me. Like I need to give it that space right. so that I can actually work mm -hmm. through it and change it. But if I try to ignore it, it ain't going nowhere. It's right. just like, I love this saying, it's like, um, I forgot who qu I'm quoting, but it's, they said a memory buried alive never dies. Oof. And so it's like, if you have these issues, you just try to bury it, mm -hmm. you know, it's still there. You're just trying mm -hmm. to ignore it, but it's still there. So it's mm -hmm. important to, to be honest, I yes. think, you know, with yourself. And, and the connection it provides to other people, because when I tell people, and it's a weird thing, I'm like, yeah, I know Father's Day, I'm at church and they're honoring the fathers. Aren't they supposed to be happy right now for them? But what I don't feel that. Yeah. But when I start telling people, I feel angry at these odd moments. So all of a sudden they say, hey, I feel angry at weird moments too. Right, right. And then they're going, and we're just sharing stories. And all of a sudden I have a connection. Right. And that connection is super healing to me. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, 
I'm actually not alone in what I'm feeling. Right. And even as I talk to different people from different groups, um, as one of the messages, I want them to know, like, if I'm successful in communicating, then I've showed them that I've had the emotion they're feeling right now, even at their most rejected, right, down, yeah. hurt moment. I've been there too. Yeah. And I, and, I, and, I, and it's not free of my life. I still have it. Yeah. Um, but it's a powerful way to connect. True. Um, gr a great conversation. I think we could probably spend um, hours on <laughs> EFT. Um, yeah. I think we both have some passionate in that space. Um, I do want to ask, um, were, you pa were you always passionate in your fitness journey or did something change along the way? Um, I think I had mentioned it a little bit earlier about just the group exercise classes mm -hmm. that really helped me to be passionate, mm -hmm. um, passionate about attending, mm -hmm. passionate about the relationships that I was building with mm -hmm. people there. And, um, that's what really changed because I would go to a fitness place and I'd be like, oh, I'm used to the elliptical and right. you go home mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, that was cool. But but when you do that and you kind of interact with other people um, and you cheer other people on on their fitness journey, mm -hmm. it makes it a community. So I think, you know, whatever people decide to do, if they can find a community, if they have any goals, if they can find like-minded people, mm -hmm. you're, you're going to be quicker to achieve yes. those goals because if you don't have that personal accountability mm -hmm. it's just very hard it's real you know it's real <laughs> it's just um, really are it's real and, and i find myself um whether friends that i so naturally um in my faith i want people to come along with my faith in that journey i want people to be a part of my faith community it's just part of you know who we are and i want more people to be involved but even if people don't come along with my faith community i mean because i care about people right. and their overall wellness i'm like hey hey bro like be a part of some community. It yeah. might be a coworker. They've never been a part of a faith community before. Okay, well, I know community is powerful. Very powerful. And if they could be connected with the community or I mean, even the opposite, if the more secluded they, they are, the more problems they're going to have. Yeah. The more they're going to overanalyze and think things yeah. and get into a bad spot. Yeah, totally. I, I totally agree with that. Um, what inspired you to go from, hey, I'm a participant in the fitness journey too. Hey, I want to be the instructor. So there's a difference, right? Hey, I, I, can, I can go and attend it, but then I want to be in front modeling, you, you know, know, in some ways. Right. You know, what's so funny. I feel like even though like by my nature, I'm kind of shy and kind of mm -hmm. seem a little quiet. It seems like every career that I've chosen and, and job has put me in front of people. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's what's driven that is caring about people and um and i think seeing people be genuinely excited to take care of themselves mm -hmm. and to work out but to eat it's like if i can provide more opportunities for that yes i want to be there i want to do it you mm -hmm. know and so that's kind of what inspired me to kind of make that crossover to kind of like help you know people mm -hmm. um live more well or just be an influence in that way so mm -hmm. that's how the change happened always my change of like being in front of people comes from just generally caring about them mm -hmm. you know like i did the whole student affairs thing because I cared about students mm -hmm. and wanted to make an impact right. and that was like an opportunity to do it uh same thing with ministry it was like okay i do care about people i mm -hmm. care about the teens and yes. the campus so if I can be of service in some way, let mm -hmm. me do it, you know? Right. It, it's funny you talk about being shy. I'm like, shy? Like, I mean, everything you're doing, you're in front. You know? <laughs> in front of people. But it's, it's funny. It's like, I think it's it's such a funny 
thing, like my feeling. I always, sometimes I'll talk about the Myers-Briggs personality assessment, mm. I'm INFJ, but it's my, although I'm introverted, my feeling um, component, because I'm a feeler, mm -hmm. that's stronger. So, because I feel for people and I feel like I want to help. Yes. So that, that helps me to get outside of myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's a principle in itself because sometimes, um, you know, we can have more, uh, or people listening, they might have the more um, introverted personality and, but thinking that, okay, that's, that doesn't have to be a barrier right, to no. my effectiveness and to my influence and to helping other people. It's going, yeah. okay, I can be an introvert, but I also can put myself in a position to still serve a lot, even lead a lot of people. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And I think, you know, I don't know. I think sometimes kind of being a little quieter helps you to listen. Mm -hmm, <laughs> like I hear a lot of things and mm -hmm. I hear a lot of different perspectives and I spend some time like just kind of reflecting on people's experiences and why people do what they do. Mm -hmm. And that's really fun. Like mm -hmm. I find it, people are very interesting. Yes. I'll just say that. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Very interesting. Now, um, who would you say has been the most influential person in your fitness journey? Um, you know, I'm so blessed that I've, there's not just, you know, solely one person that I would mm -hmm. say, you know, definitely my husband has always, go has Rob. Always, yeah, yep. go Rob. he's always <laughs> been mm -hmm. into fitness and like working out. Even when I thought like, why are you doing that? We're in college, mm -hmm. you know, like, cause you think in college, your metabolism's high. You're like, right, right. you don't need to work out. We're supposed <laughs> to just chill. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he always did it. Um, but then I think when I became a, um, started, started going to group fitness classes. There mm -hmm. were a couple of instructors that were so key and inspiring me. Like they mm -hmm. were just very encouraging, very welcoming and um, very good at what they did. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't so much about like, oh, do the move just like me. It was just have fun, mm -hmm. have fun or do the best that you can. Yes. And, um, and, 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 and those, you know, two women specifically really, um, believe in me and have mentored me through mm. this process. So, it, it, um, to that point, I, it's it, it's incredible to see their legacy being lived on with you. Because I, I mean, I, I'm thinking of people that, you, that are, are you're helping and, and they're looking at you and going, "Well, you are one of the most influential people to me because of what you're doing, how you do it, how you carry yourself." Um, also, I, I liked how you talked about Rob. You know, you talked about him encouraging you in their journey and. I think with people listening in, right? Um, husbands who are listening in, yeah. even I'm thinking, <sighs> I'm thinking that's it's a powerful way to have a wife describe a husband of he encourages me in my fitness journey, and especially um, on the husband side, we could do it the wrong way. You know, we could guilt people or shame right. people into trying to get into fitness. How has Rob done? How, how has he encouraged you in your fitness journey um, in a way that's benefited you most? Um, I think. Even just from the beginning, I think it's important to know, you gotta know your spouse. Mm -hmm. So he knew it would get me in there the you know, initially. It was like, okay, Shanika probably needs some time to herself. Okay, they, they'll watch the kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that got me in the gym initially. I was like, oh good, childcare. Like I do need that time. Mm -hmm. And realizing that was even a part of wellness yes. and a well a part of fitness saying, okay, it's okay to take an hour for myself and just kind of have some movement mm -hmm. without being like, where's, you know, Colin, where's court? What's going on? Mm -hmm. Um and then from there, you know, when I started getting interested in um 
going to different classes and getting different certifications, he always allowed the time for it. Like yes. he never guilted me on like, oh, you're still doing that? Like what's going on? Or mm -hmm. he was like, okay, that's fine. I, I'll get the boys, I'll pick them up or I'll do this with them. Mm -hmm. We got, we, I got it, you know? So I never felt guilty yes. for pursuing something I felt passionate about, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's important because we have to give each other that space and that freedom to grow, mm -hmm. you know? and um, kind of figure some things out. So it was never about like, oh, you need to gain weight or lose weight or I need to look, the, it was like, if this helps you to feel good mm -hmm. and feel better right. and, and well, that's, I wanna support that. Mm -hmm. And about overall wellness, yeah. fundamentally, you know, Rob, somebody who knows, the more you're taking care of yourself yeah. in your, in your well being. The, the better mom you're going to be, the better wife yeah. you're going to be, the better, um, you know, um, the, the better church leader you're going to be. Yeah. Um, if you take care of you, it, right. it is one of those, um, as we think about people who are listening in, it's going to be like encouraging your spouse to take care of themselves. Yeah. And that's, that's not a selfish thing. Right. That's better for everybody. Every, yeah. every relationship they touch is going to be well, benefited. And what really convicted me about it was when I was um, first started kind of on this fitness journey and just kind of um, really self-love too was when I was, this the scripture talks about love yourself. No, love God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, mm -hmm. and love your neighbor as yourself. And it's like, sometimes we forget to love ourselves, mm -hmm. and like do things to take care of ourselves. Yes. So I remember really um, reflecting on that, like, wow, how do I implement this and actually do things to take care of myself mm -hmm. holistically, you know, mm -hmm. eating a little better so that I can have more energy or um, working out so that I can have more energy or teach my kids some healthy, you know, mm -hmm. lifestyle habits, right. you know? Mm -hmm. So that it, it does help. Right. I think that's a principle there though, right? Like you're loving yourself, yeah. um, the alternatives to that, you know, um, what does what does punishing myself look like, yeah. you know? Um, you know, and, I, and I'll be the first one to confess, right? When I'm um, having a bad day or something, like the first thing I think about is what bad food can I eat? You know, like <laughs> going to the Whataburger or whatever, right, right. Coca-Cola, large size, yeah. little, a little bit of ice, bunch of fries. And, um, and but when I think about the layers of what's underneath there, like why, why do I do that? Yeah. Why when I'm having a rough day that I'm thinking that's the solution. Right. But as opposed to, you know, the opposite, which is, okay, how can I love myself during this, this, this low moment? um that's stressful or frustrating or irritating or whatever it is right. but um to learn the process of loving myself through the way i treat me the way yeah. i feed me the way yeah. i um i take care of my fitness and, right. and all of that um but pulling back those layers and figuring out um what does loving me look like right um i think that again if people can relate to that um you know what does loving you look like i think that's something i would love for people to take away yeah um, sure. from this conversation on that note, we talk about baby steps for people starting out. Mm -hmm. So people are saying, hey, Shanika, I want to start some baby steps in my fitness mm. adventure, in my um, journey for fitness and, and nutrition. What would you recommend for people who are starting out? Um, one of the things that helped me is just finding something that you like. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times people think about working out as like, oh, I know I should. I don't want to. Like, it's like punishment. 
It's like, mm. I don't want to, I don't. Mm-hmm. but if like, if you find something that you like to do mm-hmm. and even finding someone else to do that with, like yes. I know people who just walk around the block. Mm-hmm. There's one lady in the neighborhood. She just will walk laps around the block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure she's listening to her music and doing stuff, but it's like, long as you're moving, doing something, mm-hmm. movement is, and not having necessarily like, um, I mean, the goal can just be overall wellness, just mm-hmm. feeling better. Yes. I think sometimes can, people can feel discouraged by like different results or I want this to happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if we have a goal, like I'm just trying to take care of me. I'm really grateful for this one body that I get, only mm-hmm. get one. That's right. And so I'm just going to take care of it and mm-hmm. feel the best that I can feel. And, um, and also being patient because sometimes, like I know when I first started going, there were certain classes it was hard to get through because I was not like yes. quite in shape yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it through. That's okay. Right. You know, you modify, you do what you can. Mm-hmm. It is your journey. Yeah. You know, your body's not like anyone else's. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's important to know just to be patient mm-hmm. um, with yourself and always be willing to to change it up mm-hmm. if you need to because yes. different like when i was pregnant like of course there's not gonna i'm not gonna be doing the same thing mm-hmm. I'm doing that now you know and so that's okay just as long as you add some kind of movement mm-hmm. to your your day yes you'll feel a lot better hey, that's the principle right there add movement yeah. to your day yeah <laughs> let's take that away now i do want to talk about the favorite things about your family but before i want to ask you one more question related to fitness and nutrition um what role would you say accountability has in the journey of fitness and nutrition um you know what everything honestly mm-hmm. the fitness like because relationships really kind of what you you were talking about earlier like to be able to connect with people on an emotional level it adds a kind of accountability like there'll be times when like okay i missed a class or like whatever people are like where have you been i haven't mm, seen you right or, right and it's like wow it's good accountability mm-hmm. they're not they're not trying to make me cut it's just like there's a, a genuine concern and, mm-hmm. and wanting me to be there yes and it helps with their journey too seeing me and having me be there so i think people are he is huge mm-hmm. you know we got to surround ourselves with people that have a similar goal yes you know if you want to be more active and add movement find some people that want to do the same yes you know and then you find it easier that becomes like something you guys do together and build mm-hmm. on together like some of my f- friends that i've met um through fitness classes we go to um latin dance together oh, we nice. go out we mm-hmm. go out you know we, yes. we have other times to hang out but we mm-hmm. know that you know monday or tuesday we'll see each other mm-hmm. working out again too right <laughs> you know you know what's, what's 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 um crazy about it is there's all types of peer pressure for negative activities right people peer pressure to do some foolish stupid things yeah but um if we just had that approach to it, you know what i'm okay with some good subtle positive pressure right, you know exactly. for people around me and i'm okay providing some good positive pressure to them and not that again it's overwhelming or it's layered with guilt yeah. um but just that that um positive peer pressure is yeah. a good thing and i think it's just letting people know that they matter mm-hmm. you know like if they're if you haven't seen them you notice mm-hmm. yes and i think that you know most people that i've um talked to or when people you know, mention that they haven't seen me. I'm actually encouraged. It's like, wow, they noticed that I wasn't there. Or like, mm-hmm. they want to make sure I'm okay. You know, and so it's um, it's like a slight 
you know, good peer pressure, mm-hmm. you know, but it's it's coming from a place of like, I just care about you, you yes. know? Yes. <laughs> I haven't yes. seen you. <laughs> well, good. Um, we, um, thanks for, one, thanks for being on the show, but before we close, I want to make sure I hear the favorite, your favorite qualities about each of your family members. Awesome. Okay. So my favorite thing about my husband is that He's really steadfast. He's always been disciplined in his relationship with God, but also just um, working out. Mm-hmm. Like even before, I, like my fitness journey just started six years ago, six or seven years mm-hmm. ago. But his like, all, since I've known him, he's always, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, taking care of himself in that way. And um, for Corbin, my oldest son, he's super compassionate. Like there was a time when we noticed it, he was only like six months old and this mm. um, other little baby was around the same age, maybe like a month or so older. Mm-hmm. The little baby was crying and then Corbin at his very young baby age of six months, he was so concerned. You could see the mm-hmm. concern in his face and he reached out to try to touch the little baby. Wow. Like we were like, man, he like really cares. <laughs> like, do you even understand what's yes, happening? Yes, go so Corbin, he has yes. kind of like, he's intuitive like mm-hmm. to people and he kind of want to make sure people are okay. Yes. And I appreciate that. He's mm-hmm. going to be a great leader one Come day. On. And then, Let's go Corbin. And then um, Colin, the thing I love about him, he's always been like this. Mm-hmm. He's fearless. Mm-hmm. I see that. You know, sometimes you want little kids to be afraid, but then I have to embrace that he's just not. That's mm-hmm. not his character. And he's going to be able to do great things with that because he doesn't know to be afraid. Mm-hmm. And so he is very free spirited. Sure. You know, he does things that he wants to do, whether it's a fun thing or whether he says something, he mm-hmm. doesn't, he's not self-conscious about it. Right. And so many of us would love to have that quality. Right. We're not yes. like, oh my gosh, should I say this or not say this? He's like, I'm just gonna say it and I'll apologize later. Apologize I later. I'm taking that one away. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listening in. Apologize later. Yeah, just say Take what some you risk. have to say. Take some risk. <laughs> and so I love that about, you know, his character. Yeah. Um, so I will say um, thank you so much, one, for being on the podcast. Too, Thanks for having me. Um, I mentioned this on, on Rob's podcast as well, but I said that um, that my wife and I, you know, we we love you guys. Um, you 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 all you two um, have uh, just been people that are role models to us and examples to us. And even like we started dating, we're like, who, uh, who do we want to influence us? We're like, you know, Rob and Shanika. Um, but we just appreciate your leadership and your influence and how y'all um, believe in us. I know my wife was sharing with me um, one of her favorite things about you was that. Um, during her hardest times, even with her family along the way, um, you were just there caring, listening and being there for her. So you were just a source of healing for her. And I want you to make sure you heard that from me. Oh, thanks. Oh, we love you guys. Mm. Oh, thanks for letting us yes. share. Well, if you're tuning in, I'm here with Shanika Cochran. Uh, this is the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life and lead life. Now, um, if you're tuning in, again, remember to like it, rate it well, comment, share it, and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Have a great day. Have a great day, everyone.